Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 223 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. I'm finally in the honey room and the process of extracting our honey is underway. One new addition to the lineup is bulk barrels. Listen in to hear why. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm delighted to say that our podcast is now sponsored in part by Simon the Beekeeper. Making beekeeping an affordable hobby for everyone, Simon the Beekeeper provides the best value beekeeping equipment possible, along with a super fast delivery service. The bees won't wait, so their customers don't have to either. Visit the website at www.simonthebeekeeper.co.uk. Hi everyone, another week and here we are again back in the office and pondering the challenges of yet another busy week. First off though, still no rain. It's looking more and more like we're heading towards drought conditions in some parts of the UK, particularly here in East Anglia. and Things are just not looking great. In fact, they are looking pretty desperate for farmers as well as my dahlias in the front garden. I know it's not beekeeping, but for anyone interested, I'll post a picture of my small but perfectly tended front garden on Patreon this weekend. Anyway, I also think the bees have been struggling a little without water. Thank goodness some of them are near ponds and rivers, as these allow the bees to gather much needed water when they require it. The forecast for the coming weeks looks particularly dry and it's going to get hot again, so I imagine hosepipe bands will spread far and wide for those counties that are approaching drought conditions. Aside from that, I've been getting organised in the honey room, equipment cleaned down and set out in place, the extraction process has begun, and it's pretty obvious we will need to review our setup as we move forward next year, but more of that another time perhaps. Just thinking back to the removal of honey from the hives, and we're still to collect the bulk of our honey from our borage and pumpkin sites, but I was pondering the clearing of boxes and the system that we use. There are, of course, many different ways to clear supers, but the key to getting a really good empty super is having a queen right colony in the first place. If everything is well and good in the brood box, It's amazing just how quickly a colony will dash down from the supers laden with honey back into the close proximity of their queen. We started clearing supers last week and at one location found ourselves having to add clearer boards and return just a few hours later to take them off before returning home. I do have a petrol leaf blower that we carry with us just in case there are some stragglers And in this case, I was expecting to see boxes with quite a lot of bees still in them. But actually, they had cleared as well as if we had left them overnight or for longer. It seems adding a clearer in the morning and going back in the afternoon is perfectly adequate, not something that I've done before. And there were very few supers that needed the harsh treatment of being blown out. I've mentioned before that we use the rhombus clearers, These work really well, I find. Pretty much all of the bees find their way down through the rhombus and they never seem to work out how to squeeze back through to go back up into the supers above. 
Just this week, we found ourselves a little tight on time. There's a surprise. Having to be in two places at once never seems to really work for me, and I made the decision to leave some supers with clearer boards on for almost 48 hours. Not something I normally do, and this always makes me a little nervous for a couple of reasons. The bees will clear down from the supers quite quickly, as I've already said, just a few hours. This gives me two things really to worry about. Firstly, will they eventually find the little exits in the rhombus clearer boards and funnel back up into the supers? Not really a massive problem, but we then have to start the process all over again. And secondly, and more concerningly, if there are any gaps at all, robbers and wasps are bound to get in. What we found was actually not too bad. All the boxes had cleared, there must have been 30 or 40 boxes, and no more than around 100 bees between them all, easily manageable for us to sort once back at the honey room. Unfortunately, and you knew there was going to be an unfortunately statement coming, one super had a small gap in it, and those damned wasps had found it. There are just so many wasps around this year, it probably was inevitable that if there were any gaps, they would be in like a shot, and that's just what has happened. Unfortunately, and disappointingly, I've lost a fairly sizable chunk of honey in one of these supers because the top box didn't quite sit tightly enough to the clearer board. There was a really small gap between the two, and looking at it, you'd be amazed that anything could get through it really, but the wasps seemed to be able to flatten themselves down, sneak through the gap, rob all the honey, and sneak out again. I reckon I've lost about six kilos of honey. It could have been a lot worse, but it could also have been prevented if I had been a little less rushed and a little more observant. Anyway, another lesson learned, I hope. It's probably a job for the winter months, checking out the top and bottom faces of the supers to make sure they're perfectly flat. Just thinking back to the honey room setup and extraction process, I've had several requests to go over my exact setup and talk about how I extract so many boxes. Well, it's becoming more tricky since we increased the number of colonies this year from 70 to around 180 plus. Not all of them have turned out to be production colonies and we have had our unfortunate failed borage crop to contend with, but... Even with all of that taken into consideration, it still amounts to a considerable number of supers and frames to extract. As I mentioned earlier, we are going to have to look at the way we extract, specifically the uncapping process, I think. But for now, here's what we're currently doing. You will have seen the warm room if you've been checking out my videos on Patreon. The cleared supers are brought back to the unit and stacked in the warm room for at least 24 hours. Stacked in tens and loaded onto wheeled dollies, they're heavy but simple enough to move around. As a temporary stopgap measure, we are using a simple fan heater and thermostatic controller to maintain a temperature of around 28 degrees Celsius. This ensures that the honey remains nicely liquid so it's easier to extract. When we're ready to get started, a single stack is wheeled into the honey room and placed on the platform scales one at a time to get a gross weight. Honey, wax, frames and supers. I have a little homemade frame lifter to raise the frames from the super and thus make it easier to pick up 
to uncap. Uncapping is simply using a serrated offset cold uncapping knife that I purchased last year, or maybe the year before, from Simon the Beekeeper, and it's the simplest method of uncapping really. Frames are uncapped into the appy melter and kept on a frame rest, also known as a piece of oak skirting board cut to length, held over the appy melter for the honey to drip out prior to going into the extractor. Before I go on, one question that I'm occasionally asked is, where do I cut the wax? Do I cut just beneath the cappings to keep as much wax intact as possible, or as far down to remove as much wax and honey as possible? Personally, my choice is the second one. For me, cutting the wax comb down as close to the wooden frame ensures that the comb is nice and flat for the next time it goes into the hive, giving a better chance that the comb will be drawn out nicely and will be even next time round. It also means that it takes less time for the extractor to do its job, and any wax and comb cut into the appy melter is simply left to drain and then emptied. The extractors I have do a brilliant job, but we're going to have a change for next year. I currently have a Carl Fritz 20-frame electric top-drive radial extractor for the National Super and Brood frames, and the second extractor is a Lega Flamingo 28-frame electric bottom-drive radial extractor, and that's for our Langstroth frames. As we move forward and switch entirely to Langstroth hives, we will have a need to switch the Fritz extractor for another Lega Flamingo. One really important thing for anyone just getting started with extractors is that it's key to make sure that you select the right extractor for the frame types that you're using and make sure that you leave the tap open while you extract the honey. If it builds up inside the extractor, the lugs on the frames may well start to drop into the honey and this will slow the extractor down, put the motor under more strain than it needs to be, and in some cases might even cause a frame to jump out of its frame holder and cause some rather more serious damage. We extract straight into a Lysen honey sump. I bought it a couple of years ago and it works brilliantly. It has three slots where strainer panels fit, two slots for coarse wax and one for finer particles. The honey then flows out of another tap into a food grade hose and into the Lysen honey pump, another second-hand purchase. The Lysen honey pump does a really good job too. It's their smaller rated pump of the two available, but to be honest, it does a really good job of pumping what honey we have. The limiting factor is actually the flow of honey from the extractor through the sump rather than the ability of the pump to move large quantities of honey quickly. To put it into context, this pump will shift something like 900 litres of honey per hour, so when used to shift honey from the honey sump onwards, there's never going to be a need to pump that much that quickly. From the pump in previous seasons, we've moved the honey into a 100 kilo settling tank and from there into buckets. But this year, things have gone up a notch or two. We're pumping into barrels. So this year, we've secured the sale of our borage honey in bulk to a major UK packer, and that requires a slightly different approach. Now, for someone who has never sold honey in barrels before, it's a bit of a change-up in the way we do things. Obviously, the first thing we have to do is source the barrels. Now, it seems there are plenty of companies out there selling barrels, or drums, but they don't come cheap. 
There is an opportunity to use second-hand barrels in some instances, but you have to be careful of rust, apparently. Not wanting to cock it up, as it were, with my first order, I decided to go with new barrels and sought advice from a fellow bee farmer, Alex Ellis from Border Honey, who I'd previously chatted with about bulk supply of honey. The company I ended up using is called FDL Packaging Group, and I'll pop a link into the podcast notes as normal. It's all well and good buying barrels, but you've then got to store them somewhere. After much manoeuvring and repositioning of the honey room equipment, the barrels went into the corner of the room. They're 210 litre drums, which I'm told hold 300 kilos of honey. Here's the thing. My weigh scales only go up to 150 kilos. And anyway, I don't have the specialist drum lifting equipment I need to move and lift heavy barrels. The answer? Pallet beam scales. These consist of two separate steel scales that slide under the pallet and connect together to give the weight on a digital scale readout. The problem I have, or had, is the pallet truck I have doesn't lift the pallet high enough to lift the pallet off the scales once it's in place on the scales. These things are sent to try us, but after some minutes of scratching my head and thinking I was going to have to buy another pallet truck, I came up with a simpler workaround, which involves sliding a piece of pallet wood between the pallet and the pallet truck once the truck has been lowered. It's not a very good description of what I've done, but I'll shoot a video to explain it properly. Suffice to say, it all works fine now. One final addition I've included is that of a conical strainer suspended over the barrel to remove any wax that gets through. I was told that all I had to do was to fill the barrel, leave it for 24 hours and then scrape off the wax from the top of the honey the following day. But it just seems simpler to leave the conical strainer in place and remove it when the barrel is full. We'll see. Maybe that's me trying to reinvent the wheel as it were. And that's about it. That's the setup that we now have for our bulk honey management. What's required now is bulk honey. It takes around 10 supers extracted to actually get enough honey in the system to even begin to pump any into the barrel. Let's hope there's enough to come from the borage meadow to make up for the poor harvest from the other site. We'll find out this week as we clear supers and bring it all back. And on that subject, a small confession. You might have seen the ranger has been playing up again, overheating once more. So actually, I've booked it into the local Ford dealership to get it checked out. As the last time I tried to get it sorted, the local garage really didn't do anything other than the coolant change. I need to find out what the root cause of it is, so hopefully a proper diagnostic check will help. Anyway, on the back of booking the ranger in, I had to give them my email address. Almost immediately, I received an email back from Ford offering a test drive of a new Ranger with a tow bar. You know what I've done, don't you? I've got a test drive for 36 hours to go and collect my honey using the big trailer and the test vehicle. Who knows? I may be tempted to buy a brand new Ranger, although I don't think this year's honey harvest is going to pay for that, so probably not. For my latest videos and podcast with more updates, tips and techniques, it's the same Patreon page as usual, www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. And remember, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was beekeeping short and sweet. <laughs>